0: We're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. The weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now here's your host, Julio Tomei.
1: Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 277 entitled The Time Is Now. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week. And of course, for the questions, the comments, the feedback that you guys have been sending through, I really do appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, those all important iTunes, reviews. On that note, uh, I wanted to uh, read a review uh, that was uh, uh, submitted uh, recently, and uh, I can't remember if I uh, read it out already on the air. Uh, I don't think I did. Uh, So it's a a five-star review uh, from the United States from uh, TJ Castle, and uh, it says, an essential podcast in my book. Uh, thank you to Julio for all the advice uh, he has inadvertently given me through my first year in business. I stumbled a- uh, across him on YouTube a few times while searching various subjects and equipment to learn about. What I did not know is it would be the same person I would be listening to all the time on my new fi- my newest favorite podcast. It took me a few weeks to figure that out. <laughs> Julio is very relatable to uh, the beginner, uh, but he also has enough insight and wisdom to give solid advice for the long term, uh, which is especially important and invaluable in the starting years of your business. Uh, rolling out 274 podcasts and counting, with uh, mostly five star reviews, uh, should say it all. Thanks again for the past advice continued advice being yourself and personable and generally caring about uh, the success of others well thank you very much uh, tj castle that uh really uh does mean a lot to me for you uh to be taking the time out uh, to leave a review uh you know fantastic that uh, you've found uh value in these episodes of course that's what uh it's all about Uh, my decisions on this podcast, on the episodes that I do, in videos that I do, uh, are all about uh, creating value for you guys. Uh, And, uh, you know, it's a question that I always ask myself at the beginning of each episode is where's the value? Uh, Before I even hit that record button before I, whether it's uh, the podcast or making a video before I hit that record button is uh, where is the value? Um, I can't tell you the amount of times I've recorded a podcast, or done a video finished it all and ended up scrapping it because I was like there wasn't enough there there wasn't enough value in that particular episode or that video and I start again and uh you know uh, write some notes tweak things and I uh, start from the top so uh you know absolutely uh, fantastic so thank you very much for uh taking the time out to leave a uh, review uh, on iTunes uh so uh, this has been such a crazy week, has it not? Uh, obviously, uh, this past uh, week uh, was uh, the U.S. Uh, presidential election. Uh, and uh, regardless of who you cast your vote for, uh, just absolutely uh, awesome to see uh, the record number of votes cast, uh, you know, record setting uh, in US history for uh, a presidential election. Uh, I believe, you know, they're still counting votes uh, at the moment. It's been a week uh, uh, since the, uh, the election day. Um, but uh, I believe uh, Joe Biden uh, won uh, the presidential race with 74 or 75 million votes and Donald Trump had 70 uh, million or 71 million uh, votes I can't remember now off the top of my head um, but that is just phenomenal uh, that uh, uh, you know during a, a pandemic and stuff for uh, the country to uh, you know uh, come together and uh, cast that it was uh, like I told you guys in the last episode I'm a bit of a uh you know political uh nerd love watching uh, elections and things like that uh, whether it's uh here in Canada where i'm from or uh in the US and uh so you know following along and hand watching and uh, just uh, fascinating to me, and it got me curious as to uh, looking through history of U.S. presidents and how many votes were cast, and it was just kind of neat to think that presidents, like, you know, very famous presidents that have, you know, monuments and stuff, uh, I'm thinking of uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, won their presidency with two million votes. Uh, So, you know, obviously, uh, that's a reflection of Um, you know, the population back then, as well as, uh, you know, People not have not everybody having the right to vote. Um, so to think, you know, uh, to now we're at a you know a point where it's possible to have an election where uh, you know the winner is declared uh, with uh, you know seventy four million votes and the runner up had seventy million votes, uh, which shatters all previous records as well. Uh, that's just absolutely uh, crazy to think. I think the highest. Uh, When I was looking uh, before this election, the highest number of votes cast for a president was Obama in 2008, and with 60, I think it was 69 million votes, and then when he won his second term, it was like 67 million votes, it had dropped a little bit. Uh, And that was like the top two positions until this election. And both uh, Biden and Trump shattered those uh, with their uh, votes cast uh, this election. So very, just really, really interesting to think. And, uh, you know, uh, Americans should be very very proud of themselves for uh, showing up, uh, you know, in numbers, whether they cast their votes by mail uh, or in person. Um, just uh, absolutely uh, fantastic to see. Uh, that's how a democracy works. So uh, anyways, like I said, I'm a bit of a political nerd when it comes to that stuff. So uh, I was just uh, kind of having fun uh, tuning in and watching all that sort of stuff. So uh, I'm just going to take a quick uh, little break here to hear from uh, the podcast sponsor, and then uh, we'll get into uh, this week's episode. So stay tuned.
0: At Exmark, we've poured decades of leading edge engineering and old-fashioned work ethic into our Laser Z, the pioneering commercial zero-turn rider More Landscape Pros Trust. So now you can experience cut quality, performance, comfort, durability, and reliability beyond your wildest dreams. Stop by your local dealer or visit xmark dot com to experience an XMark Laser Z and the attractive financing offers available now.
1: Okay, so uh, this week's episode is entitled "The Time Is Now," and that is referring to the fact, uh, obviously, through the last five years of doing this podcast and uh, you know uh, creating content on YouTube and that sort of stuff. One of the reoccurring questions that uh, I get asked uh, all the time, and I'm sure a lot of other uh, guys in the lawn care uh, industry that create content and stuff uh, are asked uh, the same question similarly, and that is, uh, when is the best time to start a lawn care business? Now, I always say that, uh, you know, I always use that um, Uh, there's a like a famous saying or a famous story or or whatever you want to call it Uh, i think it's a japanese or japanese proverb or something that is something like you know the best uh, time to plant an oak tree was 20 years ago the second best time to plant an oak tree is today uh so obviously the sooner you get started uh on your plans your goals your dream of uh starting a business starting your own uh lawn care or landscaping business uh the sooner you will um get those desired results uh that you are after uh obviously you know when you are um, thinking about starting a lawn care business or a landscaping business, it's for a particular reason, right? There's a reason why you want to start a, a business. It can be whether it's, uh, you know, you're just not happy with your current uh, job. Maybe you're working, um, you know, uh, like part-time, uh, maybe you're working shift work that has you working on weekends and, you know, you're not able to spend time uh, with your family, Uh, maybe you're just not getting enough hours, uh, especially during uh, this pandemic, Uh, you know, a lot of uh, places are, uh, you know, still um, closed down and shut down, I guess, depending on what they are uh, and where they are. Um, You know, obviously, that's different uh, for different areas and and different parts of, you know, the countries and different countries and stuff. But, you know, Obviously, the world is not at the point uh, that it was pre-pandemic. So maybe those are all, uh, you know, factors that you are, uh, you know, considering uh, in trying to think of, you know, uh, things that you could do to earn a living uh, without being dependent on somebody else. And of course, uh, lawn care fits that bill. Uh, and depending on where you are, it could be a year round thing. Um, you know, most places it's just a seasonal thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, you can still build a very good, uh, life from your lawn care, uh, business. Um, you know, I've said it, uh, you know, uh, many times on this podcast, I have been doing, uh, working, uh, and, you know, self-employed in my lawn care business uh, for 15 seasons uh, this year, uh, was my 15th season. And so essentially, uh, I have not had a boss uh, or another job for 15 years. Uh, now, when I uh, finally took that plunge into lawn care, and I had uh, tried so many different businesses, uh, you know, i I refer to myself as uh, you know an entrepreneur at heart. Um, the amount of businesses uh, that I have uh, started, uh, whether they were just ideas that I were playing that I was playing with, uh, whether they were businesses that I actually went through and you know got started and invested money in and bought equipment for, um, or uh, you know. Registered with the government and all that sort of stuff. It's like a long line of things uh, that I have done. I have tried. So uh, that's why I call myself an entrepreneur at heart. I always, always trying. Now, a lot of those businesses, like I said, uh, that I tried, uh, you know, obviously uh, failed. I stopped doing them for a you know certain reason and. You know, I made a lot of excuses in the beginning for why those businesses failed. Um, it's only now that I'm older uh, that I look back and I see why they truly failed, and it was because of me. It was, there was nothing, uh, every excuse that I had made under the sun for why those had nothing to really do with why those businesses failed. Everything had to do with me, whether there wasn't um, the full desire to go out there and pursue those, uh, businesses, whether it was, uh, and a lot was to do with my personality, just being very shy and introverted and that sort of thing. Uh, so, you know, I look back and go, man, like those businesses that I started, they were great ideas. They had great names. The, you know, a lot of, uh, research was put into them, uh, you know, and I could probably, uh, absolutely make those businesses successful today if I were to start them again, uh, because of who I am and what, you know, I've learned about self-limiting beliefs and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, like I say, through all of that, uh, you learn and you evolve. So, you know, I used to say when people would ask me, when's the best time to start? Well, you know, the best time to start is right now, like whatever the The season is, whatever the time of year is, you start now. But in reality, if we start to break that down, like break down the year into the actual, you know, with this being a seasonal business, when is truly the best time to start a lawn care business? And it would have to be right now. And I don't mean right now, because it's like November, and you're, you know, uh, going, into a winter where there's no more grass to cut in most places, I mean right now, because there's so much uh, to get ready and do before you're able to uh, start cutting grass, especially if you want to start off on the right foot and start off as a legitimate business. Of course, the springtime is where it's going to be the busiest time of year for you. Um, With the fall, you know, a close second, uh, a very close second uh, with all the leaf cleanups and all that sort of stuff. So what you want to do if you are thinking about this, if this has been a challenging uh, year for yourself uh, with, like I say, the pandemic and uh, lots of other uh, craziness uh, going on, uh, this is the time right now to start getting ready. Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast and you're watching YouTube videos and all that sort of stuff, uh, then you know a lot of that is already going through your mind. Um, I did a, another coaching call this past uh, week uh, with somebody uh, that uh, went to my uh, Lawn Care Business Success Academy and uh i offer the one-on-one one-hour coaching calls there and uh they purchased uh, one of those they happen to actually be somebody who lived uh locally to me just in an adjacent city and uh they're uh you know launching their lawn care business they have no previous experience with lawn care uh and uh have never you know, worked in uh, a lawn care business, not as an employee or anything. And they're launching a lawn care business for the spring of 2021. Uh, so wanted to, uh, you know, uh, talk to me and pick my brain about, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, things. And we had a really uh, good productive call and, uh, you know, I shared a lot of uh, insights with him, uh, not only general insights to the industry, but also a lot of, uh, you know, he had the um, benefit of being local. So I was able to really uh, dive down as well and give him a lot of actual local um you know, uh, contacts and things like that, uh, where he could go and, you know, suppliers and things like that locally, uh, to get his stuff. So that was an added bonus for him uh, because of uh, being local. Uh, I was able to, you know, uh, really, uh, get him, uh, you know, on the right foot there, but, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, th- doing it the right way. He was, you know, getting ready to launch for next year. But he was starting now. He was, you know, getting all that stuff in place, and that's what you have to do. And that's why I called this podcast episode uh, "The Time Is Now" because it's, you know, what I've said. When I think back to, you know, when I started my lawn care business, uh, you know, initially I had purchased a franchise system, as a lot of you guys know. So I bought my franchise. Um, in uh, August of 2005. And uh, so it was at the end of summer when I just went from basically uh, one occupation to the next day being a full-time lawn care guy. But that was a different situation because I was going into a franchise. So it was already established. It was a completely different thing. But then, you know, after five years, when I decided to leave that franchise system and you know, build my own brand, because I felt very limited um, by uh, what I could do in that franchise, I knew I could do personally um, with all of my past experiences of starting businesses and things like that, I knew I could do a better job for me being on my own. Than being restricted by rules in the franchise uh, as to you know where you could advertise and what how you could advertise and all that sort of stuff and uh, you know not that the franchise system there's anything wrong with it it's there for a reason it's perfect for people that have you know no experience no you know none of that sort of stuff and they you know the, no business experience or anything and they just want to uh, you know get into it and kind of learn as they go uh but kind of have that um you know um, security blanket of the support of people around you where obviously if you're going from scratch uh, you have none of that uh but with me you know I always had that uh nagging desire that uh, even in the franchise that uh I could do it better on my own and I wanted to you know build my own brand I wanted to take all those ideas and visions that were in my head and have them, um, you know, out there in the public. Because, of course, it's a different thing. You know, think about uh, you can be obviously quite successful and there's nothing wrong with buying into a franchise or anything like that. Um, But I always felt like, for example, say you buy a McDonald's franchise or something like that yes you will be probably very successful based on their name and you'll make a lot of money and all that sort of stuff but you're not going to have that same inner feeling when you look up at those golden arches Um, because you're just buying into that and you're running it as per their um, you know rules and regulations and their systems and all that sort of stuff versus when you build your own brand and it's you um you know the pride that you're going to feel at the end when you've got this brand that's taken off and it's you know successful and you've built it from scratch and uh you know you see it whether it's um you know in my case of 15 years and not having to work for somebody else and um you know uh around here being, uh, well-recognized to the point where I don't advertise anymore. I don't do any of that stuff. And the business, um, you know, it is almost self-sufficient. Uh, there's just, you know, when it comes, you know, in the spring, things are obviously, you know, slowing down a little bit right now, but come springtime, you know, the last couple of years I've had, you know, messages on my phone and stuff telling people that, you know, it's very, very busy to, you know, Trying to direct them through to my website to leave automated, um, you know, uh, service requests, you know, for estimates and stuff, because I just don't have the time to answer the phone all the time now because the business is so well established that those calls come in regardless of whether I advertise or not. And I haven't advertised uh, since the first year uh, in business. So, uh, you know, the, all that takes time, but the pride you feel at that point whether, like I said, you're on your own or whether I wanted to, say, focus on uh, building out. I had actually a uh, comment on uh, one of my videos uh, this past weekend. Let me pull up my phone here and uh, have a look uh, at the uh, actual comment uh, because it's related uh, to this. And uh, let me just uh, take a quick look here. Bear with me. Um, So uh, it was a video that I did uh, called The Importance of Branding for a Small Lawn Care Business. And in it, I talk about um, wearing, you know, having uniforms. And uh, in the thumbnail, I'm actually, you know, wearing, you know, my company shirt and I've got a company jacket on and I've got my company hats on, all, you know, with the embroidered logos and all that stuff. And I'm holding up my uh, two part uh, carbonless uh, estimate invoice uh, booklets, uh, that I had made up. So those are those like booklets where, um, you know, they, uh, you fold over the top and then, uh, you know, it has all of my, it has obviously logo and all my company information. And it has like a service, like what the person's requesting and line items for like prices and stuff, basically an invoice type sheet that you can fill in while you're on the road, whether you're giving an estimate or, uh, a, uh, you don't know, need a receipt um, in person uh, that you can use to fill out. And it's a, you know, each one is two copies. So as you write on the top one, it does that, you know, carbon copy, although it's their carbonless forms. So they don't have that sort of black sheet that you have to put in between the two. It just, the first one transfers right to the second one. And then, you know, I rip off the second one and give that to the customer and it leaves me with a copy of it. Uh, so, you know, in Uh, that video I talk about all that sort of stuff of making uh, you know the importance of branding for a small lawn care business and the person's uh, comment is my concern is if you're looking like a much larger company than you really are because that's one of the things I hit on in that video saying you know when I show up to somebody and I've got my trailer with you know it's all deckled and lettered and it's clean and all that sort of stuff I talk about how you know when I started my business um, you know Part of my vision was modeling myself after a, you know, another business. Obviously, because you get ideas from. Obviously, you're gonna have your own ideas, but you're also gonna get ideas that you see other businesses in the community working. And you know, and one of the visions that I had for me uh, was when I would see the one eight hundred got junk trucks. And it was not that they were, you know, a specific or particular type of truck or anything like that. It was just the image they presented of being a clean truck. Uh, They were always shiny. The uh, operators all had, you know, the uniforms and all that. And obviously, uh, coming from a franchise system, that was all the same sort of thing. We all had uniforms, all the trailers in, uh, the franchise system were all exactly the same. So, you know, people would see them around, they knew it was all this one, uh, company. So, you know, that branding for me was very, very important to think about, uh, to get in that sort of, uh, or level of uh, perception from the public, uh, because I knew right away, um, you know, for example, let's take that uh, 1-800-GOT-DRUNK truck, and, you know, they look very professional, like I said, they're very clean, the uniforms and all that sort of stuff. Now, if you're hiring a junk uh, type truck, it may not matter, but it does matter to certain people. Uh, to certain, you know, clientele. I've seen a lot of junk type trucks as well, where it's like a, you know, an old Ford F-250 from like the 70s, for example, like, or the 80s or something like that, like a really old truck that's worn down, it might have bald tires on it, Um, you know, it has like plywood sides built up, in the bed and they're, you know, all old and, uh, deteriorated and stuff. And, you know, they might be flapping around when the person's driving and, you know, they got this just pile of garbage in the back, uh, a bunch of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's not, you know, and the guy might come out and might have, you know, a dirty shirt on and, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. Maybe he's n- not, uh, well-groomed, um, uh, Whatever the case may be, you know, we've all seen them and that may be fine for certain areas, but, you know, if you're looking to service into, you know, maybe higher end areas and stuff where you can start to, you know, um, push up a decent price to, uh, you know, set yourself apart from the competition, that's not going to cut it. Where the 1-800-GOT-JUNKS and all that sort of stuff, they're going you know, that whole reputation, that whole um, way they present themselves right away is going to land them a lot of the work. And, you know, when you look at when it got junks um, their you know, where they started, they were the guy in the old pickup truck with the plywood sides and the stuff like that. That's how uh, Brian Scudamore, who is the uh, CAO or CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, started. Uh, and he actually started 1-800-GOT-JUNK here, where I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, uh, is where uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK started. And now it's like worldwide, um, you know, how he's expanded it and all the franchisees and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's, you know, obviously a, a true success story. So when I saw those trucks and stuff, it just you know, triggered. And I would see other companies. Um, I remember uh, when I purchased uh, my house uh, that I live in currently, one of the things I needed to do was hire a roofer. And it was that same thing. I would see this company around um, that, you know, I'd see multiple trucks all the time, uh, working on different projects in the same neighborhood. You know, if I went into a neighborhood and saw their trucks, you know, I would drive a block or two and there'd be you know, more trucks working on another house, more trucks working on another house. There'd be like two or three houses in each neighborhood that they'd be working on with these nice shiny trucks and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it just sold me on their, uh, you know, the way they presented themselves, that they weren't, uh, you know, A fly-by-night company. Uh, And, uh, you know, if I was going to have problems with my roof down the road uh, because of, you know, a warranty issue or something, I I knew that these were, you know, a company that I'd probably be able to get a hold of again to come and repair it or to take care of warranty work or whatever. Uh, So it can go a long way. Ironically, uh, as I've said, uh, you know, I think I've told uh, two of these stories in the past uh, as well. um, When I first started uh, my own brand, and going out, there a couple of experiences I've had. Uh, I've told the story about me and my brother-in-law, uh, who my brother-in-law who also runs um, one of the same trailers as mine. Uh, and we have our businesses set up because he also had purchased into that uh, franchise company after uh, he saw how well I was doing with that franchise company. And when I decided to leave the franchise company, he decided to leave as well. He was like, well, if you're not going to stay, then why am I going to stay? Uh, and then he had uh, asked me at one point, Because he had saw or seen how much research and stuff I was doing with starting up my own brand. And, uh, you know, he essentially asked me, um, you know, can I run my business under your name? And, you know, basically, uh, just like the franchise was, where basically, uh, it's individual businesses. When you think about a franchise, the businesses are all individual, they have individual owners and all that sort of stuff. But they're all operating under one brand. So, uh, you know, that's what we did and that worked to our benefit because now there was two trailers out there, uh, that people would see and we were targeting the same neighborhoods, um, and again, it just helped to uh, build that brand awareness because people would see his trailer uh, on one street, then they might turn the corner and see my trailer on the next street working on another house. So it just, and because they were the exact same trailer, same logo, same decals, all that sort of stuff. The only difference was the phone numbers on the trailers were different because mine had my phone number and his had his phone number. Uh, the only thing that was the same was the uh, website address was the same. It went to the main website. Uh, but anytime people, you know, would request a quote and I would call them back, I would always ask them, you know, how did you hear about this? And they would say, well, we saw your truck or saw your thing. And I would ask them where they saw it. And I would ask them, um, you know, uh, you know, do you know if it was a, cause at the time we had, uh, not only did we have the same trailer, but we had the exact same trucks as well. Uh, the only difference were the trucks were, two different colors. So mine's white and his was uh, gray at the time. So I would ask them, do you remember what, you know, if they knew the name of the person uh, or, you know, if they had just driven by, I would ask them, do you know what color the truck was? And they would say, oh, it was a white truck or, oh, it was a, you know, a dark gray truck or whatever, right? So then I would know, okay, it's they saw his. So I would give him the customer uh, information. So, but it built that brand awareness uh, on you know getting sort of that you know one eight hundred got junk look on a small scale so you know I've told the story where we both uh, went to go do a quote on a large uh, auto mall this is a place where uh, there's multiple car dealerships Chrysler Volkswagen you know GM Ford all that sort of stuff all on one property uh, you know different dealers so you can go to one location to look at different brands of cars. So if you're shopping for a truck, you know, you can go uh you know park your car once in the parking lot and then just you know walk you know from the parking lot across the road to the Ford dealership and look at the you know F-150s and then go to the GM dealership. Just walk right across to the GM dealership next door and look at the you get the point. So you know they had a general manager there that was uh running the whole property and they wanted a quote. So because it was going to be a large job, it would be one that we would have to tag team uh, to do each week, uh, work together, basically. So we decided to meet our, meet each other there from whatever jobs we were working at at the time. So we had the time, we showed up, we ended up showing up at the exact same time, I pulled into the parking lot, he was right behind me pulling in. And uh, when we finally went into the general manager's office of this auto mall, he, uh, you know, we both walked in, we both had our uniforms on and stuff like that. And he said, uh, nice shirts. And I uh, said, I saw you guys both rolling in. He said, uh, you guys look like something I would see on dragons then. Now for me, that was like, that's, awesome. Like he gets it. He understands me, uh, sort of thing. Uh, that was like the highest compliment I could get. Now, for those of you that don't know what Dragon's Den is, it's like the Canadian version of Shark Tank TV show where the, you know, people go in and pitch their business ideas and, uh, you know, things. So to have that, somebody say you look like something I would see on that show, uh, was just like the highest form of, you know, a compliment to me. Uh, but that took time. To plan to get to the point where you know I hit the ground running come the spring, and now is that time, you know when uh, when I was thinking about leaving the um, franchise company, I wasn't you know it wasn't like a yeah I'm gonna you know leave and then the next day I'm starting my own brand sort of thing. I literally spent the last year in that franchise company because I knew there was certain things that would have to do upon my exit of the franchise company, certain rules I'd have to abide by and stuff. And I was also moving houses to a different uh, part of the city. So that was, it was like, well, this is like the perfect time to do this because, you know, my new house will be completely across town and I can start from scratch there without worry about, you know, any franchise rules and stuff, because I'm not worried about going and working in the neighborhoods I used to work in because there'd be some like non-compete clause for one year, uh, you know, in your territories and things that you had. So it it was like the perfect scenario for me because I was moving to uh, just start out from scratch at that point. Whereas if I decide, Oh, you know, I'll just wait, and, uh, you know, take this franchise company with me over here and just switch locations, which was also, you know, I thought initially, it was like, well, then that kind of messes me up. If I ever do want to switch, you know, my own company and brand, then I'm kind of stuck because I did work as the franchise in this new area. And then I won't be able to do that for a year. So it was you know, it worked out perfect to cut off at that time when I was moving and moving completely across a town to different locations to start scratch from there and not be impeded by any sort of franchise legalities and rules and that sort of stuff. But the point is, I spent that year before leaving already knowing that I was leaving. Uh, obviously the franchise didn't know I was leaving. I gave them the 30 days notice required at the end. And basically what I did was I worked that last season, um, under that franchise. And when it came to this time of year, actually, uh, to October, um, uh, I gave them my notice on October, uh, the first, basically in writing that I was leaving because they needed 30 days notice. And for me, it was like, well, that's perfect because the season's ending at the end of October, basically back then, uh, it was pretty, uh, uh, you know, uh, normal for October 30th or 31st Halloween to be the end of the season. Now with global warming and climate change and stuff, I see the year, these past few years are keep getting extended and extended with a milder, warmer weather, uh, each uh, year. Uh, but back then it was October 31st. So I put in my, um, you know, notice to them, which basically Halloween then marked my last day with them. And it was fine because it was also the last day I was servicing all those clients, uh, because we'd be going into winter, they wouldn't need uh, grass cutting. And I just, uh, you know, told them all that um, I wasn't returning and they could, uh, you know, call that franchise company again uh, in the spring, and they would have uh, somebody uh, come out and requote them and uh, go from there. And it was a nice, clean break with no, uh, you know, nothing messy, nothing uh, to worry about. And uh, it worked out perfectly. I then spent that time, which is now, uh, if you think about it, it would have been, uh, you know, the beginning of November uh, to really uh, get my stuff together. So, you know, some of the things uh, that you're thinking about, that you want to get obviously things like name searches and things like that now i know i did a a episode a few episodes back called uh i think what's in a name uh that covers that all into detail but basically you want you know this time is now if you want to get started in the spring you want to make sure all this sort of stuff is done and why this is all important whether you're going you know name searches uh, registrations with, you know, businesses or sorry, with the government and all that sort of stuff, um, insurance, bank accounts, uh, is because it all leads, like all of those decisions that you make all lead to the next decision. So for example, you know, before you can register your business, before you can, you know, well, let me even step back there before you can, um, you know, even get social media accounts, make business cards or flyers, start a website, go register or Google My Business, get bank accounts, get business insurance, register your business. You have to have a name, and that name you have to do research for. You have to research what names. You're going to be able to register so that they're not conflicting with others. You can see, I basically, I have a list here that I just read out to you, but I read it out to you backwards to show you that each one of those steps requires the step before it. So I'll read it again now in the reverse order. So the first step is a name search and you, you know, you need a name search and to do that research before you can go to this next step, which is registering that name. And that name needs to be approved, and you know once you register it, uh, to be able to register it, and then with that name, you can then open a bank account, a business bank account, because they're going to need that information. Uh, and in most cases, at least here in Canada, they need to see the paperwork that the name was approved to open a business account in that name. From there, you can you know, get your liability insurance for your company with, you know, a bank account and your insurance, because in a lot of cases, you might be doing monthly installments on your insurance. So you need that bank account to have set up so that you can do that insurance. The next step is now that you have a name set, you can, you know, register your business with Google My Business. You can start building a website for your business. All those things, you know, getting business cards and flyers, getting social media accounts, all those things require those steps beforehand to get to that next step. And that's why right now, even though there's no lawns to cut, even though, you know, once this, you know, the leaf season ends or cleanup, all that sort of stuff kind of ends, and you're thinking, you know, I'm going to get started next year. Well, you, okay, you're going to get started next year, but you better be getting started right now because one of those, one of the most important things, uh, to have set so that you hit the ground running is that Google, my business is that website and they take in some cases, it can take two or three months for that stuff to start being recognized in Google to start getting some traction for you. So you don't want to be submitting a website and stuff like that to Google and all that sort of stuff in uh you know February of next year. You want to do that now. You want to start getting all these name searches and all that stuff done so you can start building a website in December and all that sort of stuff getting it ready so that at the very latest by the end of December You know, your website is done, it's online, you know, even if it's not 100% finished, but as long as you got, you know, the basic information up there and stuff so that by, you know, March of next year, it's starting to gain traction in search results for your specific area and all that sort of stuff. Then, you know, come March, you know, for me, it's mid-March for a lot of you guys, it may not be till April. When grass starts growing, then, you know, you truly are hitting the ground running. Of course, you're going to need to do in your first year, some more advertisements like door-to-door flyers or door hangers, that sort of stuff uh, in your first season. But that website will start. I was amazed at how my website was starting to bring me uh, work already back then um, because of the, you know, how much time in advance uh, I had uh, you know got it uh, ready uh, so uh, I'm just going to take another quick break and then uh, we'll continue
0: Hey lawn care nation want to kickstart your lawn care business in the right direction introducing the lawn care business success academy and the how to price lawns profitably course save yourself the time and headaches of trying to figure out how to price lawn mowing jobs properly on your own Learn about knowing your numbers and how to set a profitable hourly rate in five steps. Discover the five things to consider before quoting a lawn. What to look for when you're out in the field, how to spot red flags, and what questions to ask prospective clients. Then learn how to put it all together and the best way to present a quote. So if you're ready to get your business on the road to profitability, then head over to LawnCareBusinessSuccessAcademy.com. Okay, so... Uh
1: just to continue on from where we left off there. So, you know, right now is that perfect time. The time is now to get all this stuff done. So, you know, if you're thinking about it, this year has been a challenge for you. Uh, then yeah, you really want to buckle down and start seriously uh, getting this stuff down. Now the, you know, nice thing about this is that if you do have a part-time job um you know, a, you know, a few hours a week that you work, whatever the case may be. The nice part about this point is that you don't have to not do that anymore. You can continue working, even if, if you have a full time job and this is just something that you want to uh, plan and you know, go into uh, for next year. You know, all of this planning stuff, all this stuff can be done for the most part you know, in your evenings on the weekends, uh, when you're not working uh, your regular job. And that way, it makes that transition a lot easier to leave that job come March or April or whatever the case may be. Um, You may even want to, as you know, a lot of um, my recommendations for people is to hang on to their job uh, while they start their lawn care business. So even into March, um, you know, you might be able to scale back the hours that you have at work uh, to certain days of the week. You may be able to just, you know, want to work on the weekends. Uh, Either way, you know, it's kind of jumping ahead of this uh, episode, but it's, uh, you know, basically is hang on to your job until the point comes that your business is now losing money because you're holding on to your job. That's what uh, I essentially did as well. Uh, Even when I bought uh, the franchise company, Um, and I was working at that vehicle emission testing stations that I've talked about uh, so much, uh, about, uh, the, the, um, pregnancy story and stuff with my wife and all that sort of stuff, giving birth to our second child. I was at that job. And when I bought the franchise company, even then I didn't go cold Turkey. I still kept that other job, uh, one day a week. I worked that other job on the weekends, on, on the Saturdays, because it was their busiest day. So I was able to um, you know, say I can't work all the rest of the week, but if you guys still want me, I will work just one day a week. And I knew they weren't going to turn me down because it was their busiest time. I was a, uh, you know, a supervisor there at the time, so I had all the knowledge that was needed to run the station and all that sort of stuff. So I was in the, basically the, the driver's seat. And I think I did it for maybe another, you know, three months, four months or so up to six months. I can't remember exactly uh, how long I worked uh, while I started. Um, It was probably closer to three months um, that I was there before, like I said, then it started getting in the way Then it was like, well, you know what? I could come here on Saturdays and work this job. But I'm at the point now where I'm getting so much work in my lawn care business, so many like other extra jobs, because I was doing more full service, you know, type stuff uh, with that franchise company, you know, they, you know, they advertise lots of jobs and stuff. So I I remember I started turning my Saturdays into, um, you know, uh, power washing days where I was just doing power washing driveways and sidewalks and stuff on those days. And uh, it was like, wow, like I can make. Uh, at least uh, double uh, the amount of money working uh, on the Saturday for myself power washing then i could uh, you know going to the vehicle mission testing station so then it became well now now the job's getting in the way of my business uh, so that's what i would suggest for people uh, as well is uh, to uh, you know do all your planning now get all those gears in motion so that when the grass does start growing again in the spring, you hit the ground running, all that stuff's in place. You're a legitimate business. You know, you've got your trailers, your truck, everything's all deckled up. It's ready to go. You're, uh, you know, rocking and rolling. The sooner you get your name out there, the sooner you start building that brand equity, the better. Uh, And then uh, when uh, the work really starts to, uh, uh, you know, pile in in the spring, you know, you've got everything, all your uh, T's crossed and your I's dotted, as they say. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's uh, basically uh, what I wanted to uh, chat with you guys uh, uh, today, because I thought, you know, it's very timely, um, because this is when I really start to buckle down. Uh, when I was, uh, you know, like I said, when I left that franchise company, um I had planned for about a year, uh, but it was all a lot of like loose planning. It was all very casual. It wasn't until, you know, this time, because I had given my notice and all that sort of stuff. It was like, you know, this is the time to get all this stuff done, get it already, especially the, I, and I think I already had the name and, and had done all that research already, uh, at this point. Um, and it was all registered and all that sort of stuff, but it was, uh, really focusing in on the website and all that sort of stuff right now, uh, because I knew that that would take months to, you know, really, uh, give me results, uh, in search engines and stuff like that, uh, to get picked up. So, you know, the sooner you can start that now and get all that other stuff done, uh, so that you can get that, uh, the website going and all that sort of stuff, know what, you know, what URL and all the stuff to register, because based on your uh, company name and all that sort of stuff, like I talked about, the, the better you're going to be, uh, hitting the ground, uh, running. So, uh, before we, uh, end this week's episode, I also wanted to uh, mention, of course, that, uh, you know, as, uh, We finish up uh, the season here for me uh, in terms of uh, lawn care and stuff. It's uh, November uh, the 7th or something. No, November the 9th uh, when I'm recording this. Sorry. Uh, And uh, uh, just finishing. I'm still actually mowing lawns uh, at the moment. Uh, Not for everybody. I've I've cut down to about half of them now. Um, Finished uh, the finished the other half, uh, that, uh, same, uh, October 31st kind of called those ones. And then, um, still mowing half of my uh, client lawns, uh, ones that are still actively growing, doing all of my, uh, aerations and, uh, f- you know, final fertilizers and, uh, liming and all that sort of stuff, uh, as well. And then, uh, well basically, and, and leaf cleanups, all that sort of stuff. I've got, uh, a bunch of uh, extra jobs some tree prunings and um hedge trimmings and things that people want done some just some small touch ups and stuff and uh I'll get all that done but uh you know my point is that uh you know I will start transitioning the podcast into the interviews again uh, as I have done uh, each uh, year uh, in the past and uh would love uh, to uh Uh, interview a lot of you guys out in uh, Lawn Care Nation. Uh, So uh, if you're interested in uh, coming on to the podcast, being a guest uh, on the podcast, um, actually hoping uh, to do um, more episodes as well per week uh, throughout the winter, uh, to get uh, a lot more uh, interviews uh, fitted in, uh, and uh, it would be fantastic. So if you're interested, I, I know a lot of you guys have already uh, sent me um, DMs and stuff like that uh, about it, and that's absolutely fantastic. So uh, yeah, if you're interested, you can uh, either uh, email me at uh, Success at gmail.com, uh, and just let me know that you are uh, interested in being a guest. Maybe uh, tell me a bit about yourself. Uh, and uh, maybe if you have any uh, social media accounts and stuff, link them uh, so I can check them out. Uh, YouTube channels especially are fantastic because uh, they really get to uh, get a sense of you, your business and uh, that sort of stuff as well. Uh, and um, you can DM me on uh, Instagram uh, and just uh, let me know that you're interested and uh You know, I'd love to uh, talk to uh, a bunch of you guys uh, over the winter. Uh, As well, I mentioned those coaching calls uh, that I have been doing as well. Those are available. You can head on over to uh, LawnCareBusinessSuccess.com. Go to the Academy uh, page tab and uh, you'll find uh, there on the Academy page my uh, How to Price Lawns Profitably course that you can check out as well as uh, all of my, um, you know, landscape maintenance contracts and, uh, employee handbooks, uh, and, uh, other uh, documents I'll be adding, uh, there for sale, as well as, uh, the link to, uh, the one-on-one coaching calls, um, that, uh, and you can watch the little videos I've got set up there, uh, for each of those things. If you've, uh, for example, uh, you know, want a, uh, you know, landscape maintenance contract, uh, and uh you don't you want to check out the one that i have for sale you can go out to the academy page click on it for more information and there's a little video uh, that i've done showing you uh, each page of the contracts you can see what's actually included uh before you buy it uh also a little video uh, that i talk about the uh, coaching calls um and uh the uh how to price Loans profitably course uh sort of a preview to that as well So uh, that's it for this week, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.